Welcome to the FMCA Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum, founder and CEO of FMCA. Along with a team of co-hosts, we'll be bringing you conversations that will inspire you and pique your interest in functional medicine health coaching, including the business side of coaching. It is my pleasure to welcome Carolyn Adams-Miller. Carolyn is one of the world's leading experts on the science behind goal setting and its connection to happiness and the use of good grit to achieve hard things. A Harvard graduate with a master's in applied positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania, she's authored seven best-selling books, including Creating Your Best Life, my name is Carolyn and Getting Grit, all of which have been translated into many languages. She's a popular speaker on goals, grit, flourishing, and women's leadership. And she's also taught in Wharton Business School's executive education program. Her work has been featured all over the world for decades, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, BBC, NPR, and CNN. Well, thank you for being with us. And let's start out by, and we heard here the term grit. How would you describe what, what it is? Well, um, thank, thank you for having me back. Um, so I appreciate that and a nice introduction. Um, but getting right down to business, grit. Um, so Angela Duckworth, everyone knows Angela Duckworth studies grit, identified grit with Marty Seligman and wrote the book Grit, got a MacArthur Genius Grant Award. I'm not her publicist, but uh, she is a friend. And um, she's been incredibly um, thoughtful and kind about the fact that my definition is also about doing passionate, persistent, hard things that are purposeful, but I do believe that there's good grit and bad grit. And the good grit that I look for, that I coach on, that I educate people about is about going outside your comfort zone, taking risks to live your best life so that you can live without regrets. But in the process, other people who witness either non-verbally or just, um, you know, hear about the way you're doing what you're doing to accomplish those goals, they're awed and inspired. And they're uplifted by the fact that someone with this kind of good grit or authentic grit is not seeking a trophy, not seeking a bonus, doing something because it's intrinsically motivating to them. And in that process, other people witness it. And I love the witnessing impact in a variety of ways in positive psychology, but the witnessing impact changes people, changes families, changes relationships, changes organizations. And that's why... I think grit has to be looked at in almost a systems theory approach. So you're saying that there isn't just grit uh, and you have to look deeper and look at it. I love systems-based approach. That's what functional yeah. medicine is. It's systems-based. Yes, I know. I know. And <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what would this look like? What are those various forms of grit? Can you dive into like the good grit, various forms? Sure. And then you said the not so good grit. Right. Well, I, I do think that the good grit, as, as we're talking about it in a systems way, I think is more representative of 21st century approach to health. Anyway, it's not all about self this, self that, self-made, self-help. It's really about we. And I think the pandemic brought this home for everybody 
And I have a form of compassionate grit that I identified that only emerged after I wrote the book, Getting Grit, because I'll start with that. Compassionate grit's about doing hard things, not for yourself, but you're doing hard things for an extended period of time that you may not have chosen to do, but other people will benefit because of your grit, your compassionate grit. And for some people that could be wearing a mask, that could be considered difficult for some people, um, giving up uh, graduations and trips. And, and you know, for some people, compassionate grit is also about showing up at work and being exposed. So I don't, so there's a form of grit that's kind of new to me since I wrote Getting Grit. But the good grit that I talked about that I just defined has several different branches that I write about in the book. One is Mount Olympus grit, you know, people who redefine what our bodies are capable of. Um, and it's not just an Olympian, it's about um, the free solo climber, Alex Hanold, you know, people who really redefine what you can do with your body. And that easily applies to Paralympians um, and other people who are in some way compromised by their physical condition, but they go on to excel in one way or another and show other people what they're capable of. There's celebrity grit, which is a JK Rowling, somebody who overcame poverty um, and persisted in writing about this little kid named Harry Potter who just wouldn't leave her alone. And in the process, an entire generation or more fell in love with reading. She uses her celebrity to change the world and make it better. Um, there's also ordinary grit. And frankly, this is the most uh, common kind of grit. And that's the kind of grit where people, you and me, um, you know, other people you might pass on the street, not know, not might not even think twice about. These are people who are living ordinary lives, but doing them in extraordinary ways, doing hard things in extraordinary ways, simply because it is um, worth pursuing. It's worth taking those risks. And in that process, as I'll just, you know, say again, it, it's about awing and inspiring other people. And I have some wonderful stories about um, Iraq war veterans, for example, in my, my book, who in many ways created a contagious environment um, by role modeling what they did and doing it well and getting away from some of the bad kinds of grit. One of them is selfie grit, you know, people who do hard things but want to call attention to themselves, which is very, you know, repels people. So there's selfie grit. Yeah, you did hard things. You did your workout at CrossFit, but you post it. You talk about yourself constantly. That's not inspiring. Then there's faux grit, people who who cheat, who uh, take performance enhancing drugs. They want everyone to think that they are doing hard things, but they're taking shortcuts and cheating. Um, you can think about um, Enron, business failures, where people didn't want to do the hard work associated with uh, let's say a breakthrough like an aviation, Boeing is, Boeing versus Airbus. Now that's a stupid grit story in business. Um, and then there's, um, or not stupid grit, that's a faux grit. Um, and then there's stupid grit. And those are people who just do hard things to excess. And in the process of doing those hard things, don't have the humility to get feedback from other people or even the environment telling them it's time to pivot or quit. And in the process, they hurt themselves or hurt other people or both. Wow, um, you really covered that that whole spectrum. When you spoke about compassionate grit, my mind turned to an event that happened, unfortunately, tragically in, in my community uh, on July 4th, a mass shooting and uh, our mm. local hospital where I had been on staff for many years and I was a clinical psychologist and uh, these workers, these doctors, nurses, that wow. whole team, it was their day off. And they gave up their holiday. They ran into work 
to save lives without asking wow. for anything, any glory, any recognition. It was just, yeah. this is their job. This is what they do. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that is true. Oh, that really is. So you're in Highland Park? Yes. Um, oh, I'm just so sorry. It's, uh, it's, but what a good, what a good um, assessment of what Compassionate Grit is. It's these frontline workers who don't wait to be, you know, um, everyone's a winner kind of thing. We're just going to do our job. We're called to do our jobs. Many of them feel called to the profession of helping. But yes. my goodness, they do hard things for so long so that we'll benefit. And the quit rate I know is so high because it's so hard, but yeah. less the people who hang in there and, and they're on the side of angels yes. in this work. So absolutely. I, yeah. yeah. And health coaches, we find that those who choose this profession come with that calling to serve others. And how would you say, how do you use uh, this, these concepts when you are coaching in your work mm -hmm. as a coach, and then how could health coaches use this um, to, to mm -hmm. inspire people uh, to apply the right types of grit? Well, I think um, health coaches do fantastic work and have an opportunity to do something, I think, um, that was said to me early in my recovery from bulimia, which was you can't keep what you don't give away. And I was told it was great back in the 80s when no one got better and people just died. I was getting better and I was so excited. And I was told you can't keep what you don't give away. You have to pull other people along with you. And that's kind of been my motto since 1984. And I think for health coaches who understand this concept of good grit and, and what it embodies, there's no better way um, to get other people to have this kind of grit than by embodying it themselves. And this goes back to the conversation that grit is contagious. And that's one of the things Angela Duckworth, you know, found in her work at West Point and other places, is that people who have this kind of grit positively infect an organization or a relationship. So if we want our clients to have grit, the best thing we can do is role model all the behaviors and the mindset of people who have this kind of grit. There is no better way to do it. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And so many people come to coaching and health coaching specifically because of a previous struggle and they want to give back. They want to serve others and they want to be that role model. They want to be inspiring. Yes. yes. And there was a study of Dutch music teachers and they found that Dutch music teachers um, had a contagion. Great teachers do too, a contagion of that kind of grit that made other students want to have the same passion for the violin or for learning. Um, zest is one of the qualities you see with the kind of grit that's contagious. So another thing to do as a coach, and I'm, I'm an executive coach, is you want to tap into the, what's the, where's the passion in our clients? What is it they're passionate about? We want to help them touch base with and remind them of times when they've been passionate about things. Maybe they're passionate about their recovery or um, living a healthier lifestyle, but they have to be reminded of the fact that um, they have been passionate passionate before because that passion, that intrinsic motivation is what keeps you going when it's very hard. And grit, it, it's baked into the definition that it's not resilience. This is hard and it's hard for the long term. And it's not going to be easy. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities to quit or throw in the towel or whatever you want to um, call it. But 
everyone has to be reminded of the of times when they have been gritty. So there could be a conversation. What have you been passionate about? What have you overcome obstacles to accomplish in your life? How did you do it? How to have a conversation with people where you unpack the different qualities um, and behaviors that they leaned upon in order to have grit. So I think a conversation where you surface this topic is important. And then what about priming an environment um, or having a discussion about a role model who's been gritty? You know, who is it you admire who's overcome something? And why is that person a role model for you? What is it about them that you want to embody or that you admire? If you work with people in person, I'm a huge believer in priming, having pictures and, and words on the walls and all kinds of places that remind people to take that slightly more difficult road. Don't take a shortcut. Um, there's a lot of good research on priming and how it subconsciously kind of flavors the mind, makes you think it a little bit differently. We're being marketed to all the time. We're being primed all the time to buy certain things. Why not prime the environment or even our emails with words and case studies that make people think about good grit um, more often? That would help. Oh, wow. I love that. You associated zest, which happens to be my number one character strength. And yeah. uh, we teach character strengths at FMCA. And I love the association um, with zest and also that looking backward to see when in your life um, previously, and also who is your role model. And of course, I thought of my mother, who I never you know, thought that she had that kind of courage. And it was only in retrospect, looking back at, uh, at her life as a widowed at a very early age and, and what that took, but it was one of those quiet uh, associations with zest. You know, she wasn't the selfie zest or, or the selfie grit person. But so, good grit. Yeah, it was, it was. You know, the most common answer I got, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you may got me excited about the most common answer I got when I interviewed people who had this kind of good grit, authentic grit about who were your role models. The most common answer I got was grandmothers. Mm. Um, and I found that fascinating. And here we are living in a bizarre time when women's rights and, and freedoms are being, you know, restricted and taken away. And whenever there's a rise in strong men in the world, there's a you know, concurrent diminishment of women's power. And I think what we see is that women just have to be that much grittier in order to succeed ever in life. And people of color, you know, minorities, same thing. But I think right now we're living through this very difficult period for women where um, we're just seeing um, hard choices being made at the political level that um, are going to make it even harder for women to do some of the things they may have taken for granted, like going to get a higher education, um, going to college, going to university, getting a PhD, starting a business. I mean, you know, you, childcare is expensive in this country. A lot of women are not gonna have options to do things we've been doing for 50 years now. So you can imagine why women come up as examples of grit so often when both men and women tell stories about who they admire and who their role models are. Absolutely. That, that is, is so true and, and such a good perspective. So uh, we need to stay strong and uh, really appreciate um, our strengths and, and the power of, of grid, of authentic grid. Well, Carolyn, I just can't thank you enough for talking with me today. And I hope that we get to talk again soon. Thank you. And if I have a moment to just kind of share about the newest division of my business. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I am so sorry. I didn't. Yes, <laughs> okay. do that. We get carried away when we talk about what we're 
we're passionate about, I know, but I'm very passionate about what I launched yesterday. Um, now, I've been doing work with executive teams and CEOs for years now, but I have just bought and renovated essentially a hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And I launched yesterday my executive retreat business. Um, and it's available on my website, carolinemiller.com. And it's a block from the beach in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and the boardwalk in the ocean and a vibrant town. But I get to do what I do best which is to walk teams and people through goal setting strategy, mission statements, vision, um, and teach goal setting theory so that any job descriptions and performance reviews are actually tied to evidence and science, not just guesswork. So um, there's a lot coming from my company now that's exciting and new. And, um, you know, you got to keep got to keep adding and changing and evolving or you're standing still. And that's a really exciting evolution of my business. Well, I can hear the excitement in your voice as you described oh. it. I want to wish you the best of luck on that venture and uh, we will stay in touch. So can you repeat the name of your website and where can people find you on social? Sure. Okay. So my website is my name, carolinemiller.com. Very easy to find. The executive retreats are under the tab marked coach. I think we might also have something on the homepage itself. Um, on social media, I'm in several different places. That part of my business is now cultivating elite organizations on Instagram. I'm also on Instagram personally with um, my other kinds of work, Caroline Adams Miller. I'm on LinkedIn. Everyone's on LinkedIn, right? Uh, Twitter is Caroline M. Coach. And I have a YouTube channel. And I'm sure there's more, but I'm, I've run out of air. <laughs> well, we will find you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out there. Yeah, support so. you. And uh, yeah, you. and also go to Amazon and, and pick yes. up her books because they are Always. also amazing. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more episodes of Fresh from FMCA. Want to learn more about health coaching? Head over to our website, functionalmedicinecoaching.org.